0: Race, Chicago! Woo! Three titles in six years. Yes, it is worth cheering for. Welcome to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. And before we go anywhere else, feels good. I'm your host, Dave Melton, Deputy Manager and the Podcast Host for this year's show, uh, celebrating a Blackhawks victory tonight. Yeah, it's preseason. Yeah, the Blues may not have cared, but I don't think I give a damn. Uh, It's been about four months since I've been able to watch the Blackhawks play hockey, so I'm going to enjoy it. And there's two other people, my usual line mates, who are probably feeling much the same way. First up, it's the analytics darling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price.
1: Hi, the analytics are actually pretty good for this game. For the yeah, I know,
0: I know, pleasantly surprised. Again, I don't know how much of a deal we're going to make about a preseason game, but it, I, I think the general theme that we'll get to later is it, it definitely doesn't suck. So,
1: No, it exactly. did not suck tonight.
0: And then also with us tonight, it's our site manager who's been looking for hockey in all Duran places. It is Brandon Kane.
2: Yeah, that was oddly satisfying to watch. I think you don't get my the main Alderaan
0: and you don't get the Alderaan joke, do you?
2: No, I have no idea what the fuck that is. <laughs>
0: see, see, this is another thing. I, I had an article this week where there was a uh, Robot Chicken Star Wars reference, and it
2: talks about... I haven't seen either of those.
0: Yeah, well, you haven't seen Star Wars, so if you see Robot Chicken, it, if you watch the Robot Chicken Star Wars parody, it would make zero sense to you because you've never seen the actual Star Wars. But it's phenomenal. Uh, my, actually, my, one of my former wi-fi passers was alderon alderon chunks everywhere which is from that show so the three people who are getting this reference might be laughing but oh well i digress anyway i guess we should talk about some hockey though since like i said for the first time in about four months we had some real hockey to watch and the blackhawks disposed of the st louis blues four to nothing tonight couple power play goals couple five on five goals a Two-goalie platoon shutout between Corey Crawford and Malcolm Subban. Uh, just a lot of good things to talk about from a Blackhawks perspective. And, Shepard Price, I'll go to you first. What stood out to you this evening? Uh,
1: Kirby Dock um, okay. and, and Dominique Kubelik. Uh, the two, like, probably the most important. Uh, Adam Boquist, but two of the most important Blackhawks rookies. Uh, two goals and an assist from Dominique Kubelik. Two, two assists from to Kirby Doc. Uh, both. They're like both. Of their two counts, so the assists and the goals came on the power play. Um, easily the best numbers of that power play tonight. Uh, just impressive performances by both of them. And I know, like, it seems like preseason It's like preseason to postseason. Uh, but like that postseason is a preseason to so the actual postseason. Uh, we're we're, in, a- <laughs> we're <laughs> in a weird place. We're <laughs> in a weird what of a did you just say? <laughs> uh, to the, to the, quali- to the qualifying rounds is like. The NHL has decided that that's not playoffs. Uh, so the playoffs? Season, well, so you can just great.
2: say exhibition, and then you, like, actually.
1: sense. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that it's the preseason to the postseason, which is the preseason to the postseason. Um, but, like, again, those two guys very much stood out. Um, Kubelik had, like, the best Corsi on the team with, like, a 70%. Uh,
0: that line with Tave, Saad, and Kubelik was – looked like the way it looked at many times during the regular season way yeah. back in you know early, before times
1: that's one of the reasons that like the kubalik doc kajula line never made any sense to me it was like it's very it's very clear that kubalik and sod are meant for each other um so i don't know i never got the logic of separating them because uh, again they showed showed tonight like why that was dumb um it's like only mod Cuckoo, they should take all their shifts together It's like everything worked, weirdly. I was really honestly just happy with the whole team. Um, But those two guys were the ones that stood out to me.
0: Brandon Kane, what about you?
2: Uh, I think the main storyline going in was would Crawford play and then would he get two periods or would he exit halfway through? And they went with the latter option. Can't really judge his performance too much because the Blackhawks – defense and that's including the forwards kind of kept everything out of the middle for him and pushed everything to the outside, which is what you'd want to see. Right. So it was just kind of like, yeah, he made 10 saves, but it wasn't like anything noteworthy where it was like, oh, you clearly could see he was tracking the puck. Well, it's just kind of like, well, that was just a shot there. Like Mm -hmm. nothing too spectacular. Um, Yeah, and I feel like Taves had a pretty decent game in my eyes. Um, there was one – I don't believe that they ended up scoring on it, but it was a chance for Kubelik where he took the puck from the Blackhawks zone to the other end and did some weird, like, juke or, like, weave and made David Perron look like an idiot.
0: Was, was that the really nice dangle, like, right at the blue line to gain zone entry? He cut from his right to yeah. his left. I think I remember the play you are talking about. Because they showed the replay of it, and I was like, oh, that was Taves. I didn't realize that was Taves that did that. Showed some good agility.
2: Yeah. I didn't see anything that from the defense that really stood out to me except for Lucas Carlson. Yeah. He played way more than I expected. He played way better than I was expecting as a seventh defenseman. Oh, I also liked his bench reaction. <laughs> If, yeah, I th- uh, go ahead. Just to go to the uh Second City Hockey Twitter account to see uh to see that reaction. It was It's pretty good. All right. Now,
0: now I feel like I missed it, so I need to see it. When did this happen?
2: Uh Oh, after they took a 3-0 lead. Okay. Got gotcha. the third.
0: I see it now. Yeah, that's a that's a good look on his face. I'm not sure what <laughs> Also, he's clearly uh clearly a hockey player because he's missing half of his front teeth.
2: All on one side, too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I guess it was one shot, same area. But yeah, I, I think the biggest thing, like and you said, Brandon, it's kind of hard to judge his performance because there really wasn't much for him to do. But seeing Corey Crawford back in net, I think is a big confidence booster for me and probably for everybody around the team and on the team, uh, just because of his veteran presence, how good he is, how much he's won. I think uh, we'll find out more on Saturday about what kind of condition and shape he's in. Uh, I don't imagine he's, Too far from game shape. If they were playing him, like I'm sure he'll be good to go on Saturday. But you know, there's goaltending is a lot about feel and tracking the puck and all those things that you were mentioning. So it's still I'm encouraged, but I'm not exactly you know like 100% Corey Crawford's going to be the usual Corey Crawford we're used to seeing because it was only a week ago he was at home getting over the virus. So hopefully he's there because if Corey Crawford gets to that level then it's a wildly different series than it would be without Corey Crawford on the Blackhawks roster. I think the other thing was just the, the Tavesad-Kubalik line was a very vivid reminder of what they can do and what they can be, which is not only a good shutdown line because all those guys play 2 way hockey so well, but they're good enough that they can play defense by just controlling the puck in the offensive zone the majority of the time they're out there. If they're out there matched up against the McDavid line and McDavid spends the majority of his ice time chasing the puck around his own zone, that's exactly what you want with... That's where you want McDavid to be. You don't want him anywhere near the Blackhawks defense and net. So, uh, that's a very good reminder there. The Kirby Doc thing is interesting and I think we'll get into this later when we do our, our uh, preview of the upcoming series with Edmonton that we'll do later this week, but I think that third line of Kirby Doc, Alex DeBrinket, and Drake Kajula might be the might be the X factor for the Hawks. Where if they have a good series, they're okay, and if they don't have a good series, the Hawks are probably in trouble. But we can dive more into that later. Kirby Doc was impressive. Kubalik, as Shepard pointed out, was very good. Uh, the defense was fine. I, I, I guess they it didn't really seem. And this is where you started seeing comments in the second and the third period that. Maybe St. Louis isn't quite in, you know, second and third gear tonight. Looks like they're kind of gotten this one on cruise control. I don't. Know, I never know how to judge that, but maybe it seemed like St. Louis didn't quite care too much about this game because the round robin they have is not like it's an elimination thing like the Hawks are going into starting on Saturday. So uh, not going to make a huge deal about it, but it is nice to see the Hawks kick somebody's ass.
2: Especially a team that they got swept in or swept by in the regular season. Yeah,
0: especially St. Louis. I mean, it was, and then at the end of the game, like Shen slash, or there's a slashing penalty on someone. Somebody slew footed kind of Murphy. It's like, oh, the Blues are being a bunch of shitbags like they used to do in 2011 when they didn't win anything. I thought they'd stop doing this once they realized that maybe if we just play hockey and score goals, we'll win more games, and then they did.
1: Well, it's. Like like we said, it's it's preseason hockey, so you pull out all the all the shit st- stops uh, <laughs> in preseason hockey.
0: Yeah. So just a general feel for it. I mean, we've had about two days of hockey games now and Shepard I'll ask you uh, what's it like for you just to have hockey back again? Uh
1: watching hockey yesterday uh was fantastic. I thought it was on Monday, I was wrong. Uh but <laughs> uh yeah. Watching hockey yesterday was fantastic. I got like way too excited about a preseason goal the, when uh sad scored. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I, got, I got up on my feet for that goal. Uh, like uh, there was a few let's goes, um, let go. <laughs> so uh, I am very, very excited for the return of hockey, especially because I'm like major league baseball, who's experienced some rough stuff recently. Uh, Hockey's actually in a bubble, and, like, the bubble is pretty, like, bubbly
0: right now. <laughs> the bubble is pretty bubbly. That's a good That's a good sentence. I like that. But, no, I, I think, like, a lot of the problems they're having with baseball is, be, well, I guess they're finding out now that a bunch of the Marlins players went out on the town, which is exactly what you don't want, and um, the prevalence of the virus is not as bad Anywhere near as bad in Canada as it is in so many portions of the United States, and the fact that the hockey players are in a bubble. When a bubble worked for the NWSL, it is working for the MLS, and it seems to be working for the NBA. So it's encouraging on that front that it seems like this is all going to work, and we're gonna. I'm we're not getting all excited about something that's going to get shut down in a week. Like it still kind of feels like baseball might have issues. You know, it's at some point as the season is going on, it seems like hockey can do this thing and and get through it um I, I is and Shepard you share my baseball fandom as a White Sox fan it was nice just to have a night where I watched the White or watched the Blackhawks win and then I flipped over and saw the White Sox close out of victory so it's just it feels good to have sports back in, in some manner into my life again it's really weird to be watching hockey at the end of July but I don't care I'd, I'd watch hockey if it was in the middle of April or middle of June. I don't really give a shit at this point. I'd watch hot- as long as it's on, I'm going to watch it.
1: Right. And because we're all stuck inside anyway, it doesn't even feel like the middle of July.
0: I know. Right. It's like yeah, I'm not, not exactly going to be going out to a bar to watch this game. Like I usually would, if it was playoff season, which I, I can't say I do that all the time, but you know, a couple games for a series, you gotta, you gotta go out in the public for just to get the, the camaraderie. I, I always enjoy doing that at least Uh Brandon about you. What are your impressions of the last, uh, I guess, 36 hours of hockey coming back officially. Well, kind of
2: officially. I love the staggered start times. Yes. That is the best. Because you can just go from watching a game to another, or in the case of today where there were a little bit of overlap, Mm -hmm. it was perfectly timed where the second intermission hit of the Minnesota-Colorado game, and then the Washington Carolina game started. And I was like, That's, ah, I can watch like the first 10 minutes of this during this intermission. Like, this is great.
0: Yeah, like the it's, it reminds me of like the first two weeks of the playoffs that they would have in April when they, the games would be like one at 6 and one at 6.30, like the East Coast games. And like you were talking about, Brandon, when one would go to the intermission, you could flip to the other one, and then it go to the intermission, you go back to the first game, and it's in the second. And you could just sit on your couch from 6 o'clock till about midnight and have hockey on all the time. And I, it feels like a lot of people are going to be watching a lot of hockey, I was going to say at work, which is probably at home these days, but there's, there's going to be a lot of hockey to watch. You're going to go from – it's going to go 0 to 90 real quick going to go from no hockey to having it for what like eight nine ten hours a day staggered starts it's going to be it's going to be fun i'm really looking forward to next week i'm uh my productivity at work is going to be pretty terrible yeah and I, think,
1: so i think in august it's all day long it's just all day yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: i i do realize that i've become like this old man during quarantine even more so oh, than just during before. quarantine <laughs> more so than before okay right? Do so I, like, I wake up a little bit earlier in the day than I normally would? So I'm going to have to, like, change that up a little bit, right? So you can, like, yeah, cause watch all the games in the day.
0: You've got a couple 930
2: starts. like, those starts,
0: 930 starts are a bitch. Yeah, those are um, –
2: and, and the Hawks have two of those.
0: Yeah. Uh, at least. It's Monday and Wednesday, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah, just so we can lay out the schedule for people quickly. It's Saturday, Monday, Wednesday – and then, if necessary, I believe it's a Friday-Saturday back-to-back. I don't know the times of the Friday and Saturday games. I'm not even sure if they announced them yet. They didn't. Okay. Yeah, those are TBD because we're waiting to see. It. And the game Saturday is at 2. That's what the weird – you start Saturday at 2, and then you go to for the other two games. But I guess, I, again, I can't, can't complain too much because we do have hockey in general back, so uh, it's fine. Uh, And I I can't remember if we discussed this in our pre-show meeting, so I apologize if I'm getting you uh, guys a question completely out of the blue. But what did you think about the no fans thing and the, I guess, the pumped in crowd noise, just the overall broadcast situation? uh, Because it is a lot different than what we're used to. But what did you guys think?
1: All right, so I I think me and Brandon are on different sides of this issue. Uh, I am not a fan of the pumped-in crowd noise. The disembodied-bodied sounds that don't ever, like, rise to anything. There's no chance. It's very clearly, like, supposed to be a hockey audience, but, it like, there's no shoot yells. Uh, <laughs> there's no, like, home goal reactions. Uh, it doesn't get louder ever. It's, like, it's just It's just like a... It's just the hum at some point.
0: Yeah, there's a very specific time when you could hear the entire crowd yell, shoot, on a power play. Yeah, and I don't know how you have somebody at the ready with that button in the production truck. It's but very difficult it. to replicate that.
1: But you need it. Um, I, and, like, like, maybe. So <laughs> I, I'm a fan of everything else, but I want to hear the players. This is like a very rare occasion where we'll, we'll be actually able to hear the players. And I know they swear, I've been around to hockey players. I know how much they swear. Uh, I still want to hear it kind of. You know, I want
0: to hear every damn word. Like
1: I, if there's a, if there's a way to opt into an R rated version of each game, I'd be willing to do it. Um,
0: <laughs> I no, I'm right there with you. Like if they would put the games on HBO uncensored, just let it go. I, I'm totally here for that. I mean, I think it was uh, Josh Reddick popped out in a baseball game. And after the infielder made the catch, you can hear clearly the loudest of F-bombs to where the announcer stops mid-sentence and goes, sorry about that. <laughs> so I'm sure hockey would be just as bad.
1: If not worse. Uh,
0: yeah, probably worse.
1: They yeah. managed,
0: managed to use an F-bomb as every part of speech. So
1: I uh, I look forward to hearing some of that. Uh, especially from coaches like John Tortorella, because I don't, I don't think the Columbus Blue Jackets have, have played their exhibition game yet. So I'm excited to to hear what that sounds like.
0: Brandon, uh, Shepard claims you're on the opposite side of this situation. So go ahead and set him straight.
2: I feel like I've watched so many European soccer games and like NWSL and MLS games where I'm just like <laughs> used to it, mm-hmm. and like what this sound is like if there is crowd noise and if there isn't. And I'm just fine with it. Um, I know that once the qualifying round starts that there might be more bells and whistles added to things, and maybe that would change to where like I know right now, both home and road teams get their own like goal song and that, so maybe that doesn't happen in the qualifying round because that's a little weird, but um, I do really dig the. Stanley Cup at the center ice logo and then like yeah. the 2020 and the NHL shields on both sides. I would whenever normal comes back I would like that moving forward instead of the home team's logo at the center.
0: No I very much like the in, in rink appearance that they set up not only the the on ice job but also like the the covering of the seats and they got like all those banners and the team logos up but like someone described it looks very much like a WWE arena setup which is fine because this is they they had to do something to fill all these empty space where all these seats used to be so i understand they did something different um, i'm intrigued by they're they've been hinting at all these unique and different camera angles they are going to do because there are no fans and I guess they're not rolling that out till the game start on Saturday, so I'm intrigued to see what that looks like because I feel like there could be – you could be seeing hockey from a literal different perspective than you've ever seen it before because of what they're able to do. Um, but I guess one thing I noticed related to the uh, Chelsea dagger or when you were talking about goal songs is when they played Chelsea dagger after the Hawks scored, it was noticeably quieter on the MC Sports broadcast than it usually is. And I, I I think that was just one like subtle little reminder like oh yeah this is this is kind of different. But when, when you're talking about Brandon, you're mentioning other thing with all like the soccer chants like I've been playing a lot of FIFA. I think as we discussed before since this whole quarantine thing started. And so the f- crowd noises that they're using during the Premier League broadcast is from the FIFA video game. So what I'm hearing on TV is the same thing I'm hearing in my video game. So it all sounds very familiar to me. Uh, the problem with hockey, like Shepard was saying, is it's not, it's it's a, it's a much more um, I guess improvisational type of cheering, like like the thing with the shooting on the power play or booing random calls or when players do random things. I don't know how you do that unless you have somebody in the truck just hitting buttons every five seconds to trigger different noises. Um, it sounds I, I don't even know if it's possible either. So I I don't I guess. I wouldn't even want to go down that road because it seems like something that's just too difficult to replicate and make it sound right. Otherwise it, w- it would just be weird.
1: I think just get a really good shock jock uh, audio DM or audio uh, DJ uh, in there who just has a soundboard in front of him.
0: I, maybe, I don't know. It just, it's, if you did it wrong, I think it would be worse than what they have now. And I think that would be the problem. Yeah. Because if you, if you did it really poorly, it would be way too noticeable.
2: One thing that yeah. I have found to be really strange with this is the seat coverings for the lower bowl don't have ads on them. I oh, feel yeah. like that's a gigantic <laughs> missed business opportunity. There's I'm not saying for- you like, throw up a Viagra ad on them. But, like, <laughs> we'll call Gary up, see what's going on. Right. I actually, but, like hey, can you erect this ad for me, Gary? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, there's so much space there. I'm like, you guys are missing out on so much money. Well, and I saw that they're like,
0: after the Hawks and Oilers game was done, and I think Winnipeg and whoever the Vancouver. hell they're playing. Who? Vancouver. Vancouver. They're playing right now, and they had to, like, change out the ads on the boards, even. Mm hmm.
2: Which they're doing I, that for every game
1: because uh, they're they're trying to like keep it as local as possible to the home team.
0: So was Pizza Seventy Three on the wall during uh, Calgary's game?
1: I think so. Uh, it, like, there's a mix of NHL's boards and uh, each home team's boards.
2: Speaking no. of board ads in Viagra, Vancouver.
1: I like that the is the, the only
2: one that has a Viagra <laughs> ad. Vancouver's? Yeah.
0: Wish we could just run a the more you know gif right in the middle of this conversation.
2: <laughs> That's courtesy of Brad Replinger.
0: Oh, well. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm kind of running out of angles and everything to discuss. I mean, uh, it would have been different if we had watched the Hawks lose 4-0 tonight because then I think we'd all be... Uh, absolutely terrified about what was coming up this weekend, but with the Hawks winning four to nothing and Corey Crawford looking, or just physically being there and being able to start the game. And uh, I don't think anybody got injured uh, from the Hawks. I don't think St. Louis had a few guys getting nicked up, but I think everyone's going to be okay. Like I think I right now, overall I feel about as good as I can going into this series on Saturday. Where, where would you guys put your feelings at because that's um i that that's the best I got is i i don't my my confidence probably couldn't be any higher just knowing how flawed this team was in the regular season
1: i I'm not reading highly into it because Edmonton also dominated Calgary in their lone game um and Calgary's got a much better defense than we do, even though uh, they also have the misfortune of theroosterson on their blue line now <laughs> um So I'm just – I'm glad the Blackhawks got some momentum from this game and I'm glad the players who looked good looked good and I'm glad that guys like Crawford and Murphy returning from injury looked good. But it's hard to read anything into this
0: right now. Brandon, what about you? I mean, they didn't look worse. (laughs) There you go. Did either one of you guys watch Edmonton play last
2: night? I did. I watched two periods and then my old ass fell asleep.
0: Yeah, you're old ass. How old are you, Brandon? 29. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, Shepard, <laughs> what would you say? Go ahead with your uh, – what was your thoughts on the Oilers against the Flames? I, just, like,
1: when uh, we was either – when Yamamoto scored, like, less than two minutes in, it was like, oh uh, – and then the, the, another person scored, like, right after that. It was like, oh, sh- oh shoot, we're screwed. Because, uh, again, Calgary's got a much better defense. True, and they were doing that to Calgary.
0: Yeah, uh, the Connor McDavid no look goal just kind of serves as a reminder of the talent that the Blackhawks are facing. Yeah, it was also just kind of flying around the rink like a, like he usually does, like a little schoolboy. Yeah, there, there you go. Um, But just giving you another reminder of how fast he is, and he's he's going to be a problem. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't think we can overstate how difficult it will be for the Hawks to just contain him because they're not going to stop him. He's going to have a point per game in this series. It's just a matter of keeping it like at a point per game and not letting it be three points per game.
1: A friendly reminder that he did not score a goal in either of the two regular season games against the Chicago Blackhawks.
0: That is true. And I, I actually looked – I remember when uh, uh, that was pointed out to me, that I looked up his career splits against the Blackhawks, thinking maybe the Hawks have a history of shutting him down. And it wasn't McDavid. There's some other player that the Hawks, like, historically, for some reason, well, I mean, in 11 games against the Hawks, Connor McDavid has two goals. He also has eight assists for 10 points. So, well, that's not bad. I mean, you you scroll down the list of other teams he's played against, and there's a lot of point-per-game paces there. But uh holding him to two goals seems pretty good.
1: And that's before we had the Taves side Google line Yeah. want them. Yeah, we'll
0: we'll we'll dive into this later. The it'll the matchups are gonna be very interesting to watch because uh do you throw the Taves line against McDavid or do you throw him against Dre's idol? And then you also have the David Comp line to use as a check down line, then which D pairings do you throw against which group? And there's that's we're gonna find out a lot about Jeremy Colleton as a coach in this series, I think, because mm-hmm. the the matchups are so it's so obvious what you have to do to beat Edmonton, and it'll be interesting to see what he does, how he approaches it. Um, Brandon, what about you? Just your kind of general thoughts and feelings uh, heading into this here qualifying round.
2: I feel like after this exhibition game and watching the Oilers one, there is the concern of pace among the defenseman for Chicago. Yeah. And like the quote, shut down pairings do not have the foot speed. Yes. To keep up with the Oilers attack. And that's just not McDavid. McDavid. That's Yamamoto. Try um, side. Well, yeah.
0: I'm going to see you, although he, mm. he's fast. Um, I, I, I don't know if like I remember – main thing I remember often to see you is that he – when he was on Detroit, the Hawks and Wings played a preseason game and he roasted Brandon Manning for a goal or a really good scoring chance. And that was like our first notice of, oh, God, Brandon Manning's going to be a problem. And he was. Um, It's also not encouraging that Calvin DeHaan took two penalties tonight. I I believe they were – were they both holding penalties?
2: Uh No, there was, there was a holding and a tripping, I think, or slashing.
0: Hopefully, yeah. Well, because the holding pal- holding and tripping are typically penalties that are taken by defensemen who were either caught out of position or about to get beat or something that you worry would happen a lot with Connor McDavid.
2: Yeah. So. And then in the third period, he also drew this hilarious – Cross checking. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right.
2: Where he like he definitely got cross checked, but I don't know if it was that hard. And then the guy who like got sent to the bin was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" DeHaan just skated back with like this smile on his face, and I was like, "Good for you."
0: (laughs) Yeah, DeHaan got a tripping penalty and then a holding penalty. So I I guess we'll see how he deals with uh, with Connor McDavid. That's uh, it's gonna be. That's going to be – I'm pretty sure we're going to anytime Connor McDavid – and this is one very specific playoff hockey-watching feeling that I have forgotten about and I'm look, not looking forward to it, but it will have again is when the other team star player comes on the ice and gets the puck and you just watch from behind your hands because you're terrified about what's going to happen. That will be happening every time either now I mean, or 29 gets I mean, the puck. Well, I think we've just carved up and dissected just about every angle and – of what happened tonight between the Hawks and the Blues that we wanted to discuss. So before we get out of here for the evening, Shepard Price, uh, it's food take time for you. Yeah. So what you got for us? Uh,
1: conventional wisdom say, states that among the things that can never be bad is the uh, food art known as pizza.
0: Food um, art.
1: Yes, because it is every, pi- every pizza, oh, it is course. conventionally held as a piece of art. Uh, however, I am of the opinion uh, and it may not be common that there is such a thing as bad pizza. Uh, yeah, it's in St. It Louis, uh, and it is most commonly found in ballparks and stadiums. Really? Yes, uh, especially at the White Sox. The White the White Sox pizza.
0: Horrible. Oh, not, not a fan of. You don't like the companies that lay it on thick, you would say.
1: Uh, I so I'm the, I'm a very big deep dish person. I I take pride in it uh, having been raised in illinois um it's not good there uh i also like thick cheese uh it but it has to be quality cheese and you don't find quality cheese at stadiums
0: i haven't had maybe like always great pieces of pizza at stadiums but i don't know if i necessarily had bad ones either like it's usually like name brands like i think rickabini's was at the united center for a while it was connie's for a while i don't even know who doesn't it's been so long since i've been there Oh, five months. Uh Brandon, what are your what's your reaction to this?
2: The cheese take on that definitely makes sense. Yeah. Because if you're going like to a a baseball stadium normally, it's just like a slab of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: that doesn't make me really not really that very appetizing when you say it like that.
2: Like it's just like it's there. Like it either just like rips off or it's just like stupidly hot or ridiculously cold there's no in between really
0: yeah it just gets a participant when you're when you
2: in the top of your mouth you're just done you're just <laughs> like I, i'm not i'm not having this anymore yeah um but i'm also yeah. like not going to a game like yeah let's get some pizza i'm more of a nachos person so that's just me though yes i
1: I'm a hot, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you can't ruin a hot dog, you can't ruin popcorn, and you can't ruin chicken fingers. So those are my go to's.
0: I just, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there's bad pizza out there. And, and there's bad,
1: there's, there is also such a thing as bad pizza toppings. Um, oh, yeah. If, like you try that, and get, if you try and get cr- too creative, if you're putting seafood on your pizza, you need to stop that.
0: I mean, the pineapple thing, like, I, I'm not militantly against this, but like fruit, I, I just, fruit doesn't belong on pizza. Just doesn't do no. it for me. So quit. Yeah. Quit doing that. Oh, I just, I, the, the chain of pizza, it's a beggar's pizza that serves at Comiskey park or whatever the hell they're calling it these days. And there's one, like there, there's, they're all over the Chicagoland area. And I think they make a very good slice of pizza. I can't say I've had it at the White Sox stadium because Usually when I go to White Sox Stadium and I see it, I'm like, well, I can get that anywhere I want. I'm at a White Sox game. I'm not going to eat pizza, especially a chain pizza I can get at work. So you got to go in center field and go to what used to be the Bill Melton stand and get the Italian beef there because it's phenomenal. All right. Well, I, I guess there is such a thing as bad pizza. Yeah. Well, and on that note, but there is not such a bad thing as beating the St. Louis Blues because that's always enjoyable, even when it's a preseason game. But that's going to do it for this here episode of Musings on Madison. Uh, stick around. we got tons more preview content coming up for the rest of this week, and we'll have a preview podcast for the upcoming series against the Oilers that's going to probably drop on Friday, so keep an eye out for that. Stay tuned to secondcityhockey.com. We've got tons of articles coming up for you. Follow us on Twitter. Rate and review, subscribe, all those good things. And uh, I think that'll do it. For Brandon, for Shepard. I'm your host, Dave Melton. Stay safe. Keep wearing a mask so we can get this hockey thing in and maybe get other sports and, you know, like high school sports when they start in the fall. And uh, go Hawks.